CMS Real Deal podcast, where we take a step back from the legal nitty-gritty and provide insights into issues affecting the property industry. I am Danny Drummond-Brassington, and today I'm joined by Sarah King, partner in our energy team and co-author of CMS's Guide to Electric Vehicles, and Leila Roll of our real estate team and expert in all property-related energy transactions. They're here today to talk about the rise in electric vehicles and the role the property industry has to play in the continued rollout of EVs. So welcome Sarah and Leila. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you here. The government announced last year that it's going to ban sales of petrol and diesel cars by 2040 and in Scotland that ban will be in force in 2032. That's not actually a long time, I guess, if you think about the average period of ownership of a car, which is about five to six years. And electric vehicles are increasing in popularity. Um, I saw that in 2017, it was a record year for new electric vehicles with over 135,000 new vehicle registrations, up from 35,000 in 2013. So a meteoric rise in five years. I presume this trend is predicted to continue, and, and are we in a position to support that as a, as a country? Well, at the moment, they're predicting we're going to have um, about 200,000 EVs on the roads in the UK by the end of this year, and that's going to rise to about 10 million by the end of 2030, wow. so clearly quite a jump. And in terms of the, the charging infrastructure around that, we're just about keeping track at the moment um, and keeping pace with the number of vehicles, so we've got about 5,100 charge points at the moment that the public can access, as well as obviously home charging. Um, but the estimate is that we're going to need about 29,000 of those by 2030. Gosh. So we've got quite a way to go. And so how are we going to do that? <laughs> I think it's also interesting to see um, where these numbers and stats are, are coming from, because clearly there's a growth in electric vehicle uptake, and we're seeing a trajectory there, and there's a lot of people talking about that and a lot of people supporting that from a policy perspective. But one of the things that I found quite interesting that I looked back on recently was a a survey that was commissioned by government in, in 2016, so a couple of years ago now. But when asked the respondents to that survey, only 5% of them said that they were thinking about purchasing an electric vehicle Mm -hmm. and so there is an an issue from a charging infrastructure perspective but also looking at other challenges to to the to the upwards trajectory of investing in in evs and whether there's enough comfort in the market um, in the consumer market to understanding what an ev vehicle is and how they can best use it and how that vehicle can help support their their lives um, and also understanding how the the government um and, and industry is sort of backing their, their choice and making the infrastructure available to them, bringing costs down um, yeah. with, with the EV vehicles and, and all of that. And I guess a lot of that has been about the types and makes of cars, because it's been quite limited. I mean, Tesla has obviously taken all the headlines, but not everybody could afford a Tesla, and they're out of most people's um, price brackets. But, but, on, but on Tesla, do you think... One of the interesting questions that I, I think is, do you think that there would be such an upward trajectory on EVs if Tesla hadn't made the choice to go high-end right at the very start? No, I think you're probably right, absolutely. People, you know, they've cornered that market and it's something to aspire to and everybody would like that. I know my husband would uh, aspire to having a Tesla. <laughs> uh, so far, we... <laughs> probably mine through. <laughs> so... Going, you know, we've talked. To, you're talking about um, that consumer um, perception. 
And I guess one of the things you read about from a consumer perception point of view is the range anxiety. Mm-hmm. And can I get from A to B with enough charge? And when I get to B, have a, is there somewhere I can recharge my car to get back to A? And I guess that's where we look at it from a property point of view and go, you know, what can we do to help minimise that range anxiety and, and support this industry that the government's backing and the government wants to drive forward and has to be seen to support to achieve the objective of no new petrol and diesel cars. And I think that's where the, the collaboration with the property industry comes in and I think that's, that's the critical piece in this because if more and more of us have electric cars we're going to expect as part of our retail experience, as part of our working experience, if we drive to work to be able to charge at work, at play, at leisure, whatever we're doing, yeah. um, and then drive home again and not have range anxiety and not worry about breaking down on the way home. Yeah. Um, and in terms of being the employer of choice, I think that's going to become more and more an issue for employers. People are going to expect that. If you've not got it, questions will be asked, why not? Yep. If you go to the supermarket, you're going to be expecting to be able to charge. If you go into the cinema, um, however you're using your leisure time, you're going to want to be able to get there and back safely yeah. and easily and charge in the requisite period you've got. Um, and looking at retail, I think it's um, should be looked at as a very positive thing from retailers' perspectives because you've increased dwell times. Absolutely. If you, if you make people plug in for a certain period of time, so you don't necessarily have the quickest chargers in your retail sites, yeah. people will have to stay longer and go and get that extra coffee or maybe just nip into another shop and have a little browse. Sounds like a good excuse to me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw that um, Lansec uh, has done that at Blue Water um, exactly for that. It's part of their evolution of the retail and leisure offering by having EV points at their retail, you know, one of their flagship um, shopping shopping malls. And, and absolutely, JLL has carried out some, some research on that and, and shown that dwell times do increase. If I go back to that point about employers of choice, that's an interesting point, and actually that ties in with the government giving a tax break now, as of April 2018, to employers who offer free electricity to their employees. It won't be seen as a benefit in kind. And I guess you know it's government, property, employers, everybody collaborating together. Yeah, yeah, I think it's fantastic. And the other element of it, on if we're just focusing still on on range anxiety, is the recent announcement from from National Grid, right, about the they're looking to develop 50 new fast charging sites along the main motorway sections. And I was reading a statistic um, that has been out there in in the press following National Grid's um, announcement, and and they're saying that 90% of drivers heading in any direction from anywhere in the UK would be within 50 miles of a a charging point. Well, that's fantastic. It is. So so what are National Grid planning on doing? Um, They're using the motorway... So they've identified 50 strategic sites um, across the country um, which run alongside motorways but also their, their network and they've seen those as sites that they can, I think from what I'm reading in the press, connect up to the transmission network and offer fast charging capabilities. Um, and they've obviously um, had a look at the, the range anxiety point yeah. and identified specific sites across the country to to manage that issue. So just for people that perhaps don't know, we've, we've been talking about slow charging or fast charging, what are the sort of differences there? Well there's sort of, as, as I understand it, and I'm no tech expert here, um, but there are sort of three kinds of different chargers that you can install. There are the very slow chargers that um, I think hotel operators are potentially looking at because you turn up to a travel lodge at a motorway service station for example, 
you're not going anywhere till the following morning, so it doesn't matter how quickly you charge. They're much cheaper to install. Um, the infrastructure itself is, is much cheaper. Um, then there's the, the mid-level chargers, which you could install in an office, for example, where people are coming for a shorter period, but don't necessarily have to have lightning quick. Yeah. Um, then you have the incredibly quick charge points, which are um, an hour, a couple of hours, um, which will be used in things like motorway service stations where you do just want a quick pit stop and then move yep. on. Great. Um, Perhaps an extra coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is a, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? I mean, and, and if you're looking at it from the property point of view, it's working out what your property is um, and what suits, what suits you. Yeah, um, and it, it might be a mix of different mm. chargers at different sites. And you know, There's not one size fits all here. I think you'd have to look at that mix quite carefully depending on... Yeah. and what your occupiers are doing. And how you increase the value of your site by offering these charging points, right? Absolutely, yeah. because I think uh, you, it's about future-proofing your property, is it not? Because if this is the way of the world, yeah. if you're not doing it, you're probably going to lose out to a competitor. Yeah, and there's an interesting piece there around the approach in cities or smart the smart cities of the future compared with approaches outside of cities. So. Um, on, on the employer of choice point, um, we uh, all work in, sat in an office right now in, in central London. There isn't space for a, a charging point here, yet London is encouraging people to only drive into the centre of the city if you have a low emission vehicle. So how do the property developers in, in, in London um, ensure that there is property available so that those vehicles can be charged? It's an interesting yeah, it's about making the space, and maybe it haven't historically. I there's a there's a role obviously as well for local government um, and what they can do with the infrastructure they have in place. It's quite interesting to read that uh, Royal Borough of Kensington and Chelsea is looking at using its lamp posts as charging points, um, but some. Um, constraints there because they're only the slow charging so it's about people plugging in overnight not the fast charge because you can't create that um, electricity supply through the lamppost but we've got to look at things differently don't we yeah to be able to deliver this yeah smart cities of the future it's exciting and <laughs> um, but but it's, it is a relevant point because not everybody in a city um can can park the car in 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 a garage either no. can can they that a lot of people the majority of people I have to park my car on the street outside yeah. my house so yeah. if I want to invest in an electric vehicle well how am I going to plug it in yeah because you can't have a cable running from your house out to the street and that's that is yeah. the, that is the problem talking about sort of plugging it in when you get home is there a grid capacity issue here um, I guess that's one another question that people have on top of range anxiety we you know you hear talk about we've got an energy crisis we you know it's going to go dark or even you know, the other you know, snow not enough gas in the country so is that a concern um if everybody's getting home at six o'clock in the evening and they're all plugging their cars in um to street with lamp posts are we going to have a, a capacity issue or is that just as a, as a partner in the cms power team i'm sure we'll be fine i can say that <laughs> I'm sure the industry will sort us out. I have yeah. absolutely every every confidence in, in, in that. And there has been a lot of talk about that in, yeah. in the press, hasn't there? And National Grid has obviously come out and given us all a bit more comfort around their expectations of capacity requirements and how they're going to yeah. deliver to those. 
Um, there is an interesting piece around how you bring in storage to that, right? And so whether or not actually you, you're always drawing electricity from, from the grid at the same time or whether there are storage facilities available, which mean that the, the capacity requirements are spread. Yeah, I think that, that's a very interesting point. And I think um, property owners and developers may need to start thinking about this too in terms of potentially um, commercial industrial size storage of energy on site so that then they can use that for EV charging, their own capacity requirements, yeah. um, just to stabilise their own supply um, for the future and future-proofing their own property stock. And do you think that we will start to see, you know, for new developments, planning conditions coming around about this and offering you know, battery storage or EV charging points becoming part and parcel of the, the, the planning conditions? I think it may well be, and I think um, local authorities are certainly encouraging green credentials through planning conditions, and they've done that for some time. So I think it's only a matter of time before we see conditions requiring a certain number of EV spaces to be provided in new leisure developments, for example. Um, I don't believe we've seen that yet, but I, I can see it coming. Yeah. Changing subject slightly, what about the investment in this sector? You. Are there a couple of names out there that are doing this, or is that is it a developing um, industry in the EVs? What's 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 the return on this? At the moment, I'd say it's still fairly nascent in terms of investment in the EV charging market. So there's a lot of equity investment out there, um, but we haven't seen any bank financings that I'm aware of um, in terms of EV charging companies and investing in that market. But again. As the market matures, you will see that coming through. Yeah, we we've been approached by um, a variety of different people around um, looking at ways of investing in electricity charging infrastructure and the impact that that has from a sort of overall regulatory re regime. What what that means, um, and you know people are people are, are looking at that and will continue to do so. And as the as, as we keep continue yeah. to talk about it as we are and really focus on it, the, the momentum will be driven into the market and as Leila says, we'll see people coming forwards and more opportunities, I think. Great. Well, thank you both for a really engaging discussion. I think everybody, this is about future-proofing your buildings, increasing dwell times if you're retailers. There's, there's a lot there for the real estate industry and making sure that your building is suitable to be employer of choice. Um, but if you want to know more, uh, then do sign up to our guide that, as I said, Sarah has um, co-authored on electric vehicles and that can be downloaded by visiting our e-guides at cmslegal.com forward slash electric underscore vehicle. Thank you. Thank you.